Welcome to the Wicked Good Momcast, a podcast for Boston moms by Boston moms, a space to hear stories from real moms, to celebrate the beauty of motherhood and to normalize its challenges. Motherhood is hard, but it doesn't have to be lonely. You are a Wicked Good Mom. And now here are your Wicked Good Momcast hosts, Shannon and Megan. This season of the Wicked Good Momcast is brought to you by our partners at Rockland Trust, a local bank dedicated to providing advice and support through every stage of life or business. Visit rocklandtrust.com or stop by a branch to learn more. Hi, Wicked Good Momcast listeners. This week, we are tackling the topic of moms and careers. We are interviewing a local career coach to talk about career changes, job searches, returning to work after a career break, and so much more. No matter where you find yourself in your career journey, this episode is one you will want to listen to. Becca Carnahan is a career coach, author, and mom of two. She specializes in helping parents land fulfilling jobs they love without giving up the flexibility that they need. We're thrilled to have her expertise on today's show. Becca, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Of course. So just to start off, can you share with us a little bit about how you became a career coach? Sure. And it's a very Boston story. So this is the, this is the right oh, place awesome. to tell the story. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> um, so I went to Boston College and after Boston College, I worked for the Boston Celtics. Um, so we're, we're keeping a theme here. And mm-hmm. um, the reason I start there, it's going to sound kind of strange to start there, but I think it's, it gives permission for folks that you can totally change gears along your career. And that's exactly what I did. I thought that I wanted to work in sports marketing. That was what I went to school for. That's what I was doing right after college. And if you all remember, 2008 was the year that the Boston Celtics won the championship. And the year before that, they were the worst team in the league. Absolute worst. So it was a good time for little of me to get a job there. Uh, and <laughs> I was in ticket sales though. So we sold out all the tickets because they ended up having, we got the the big three and it was a big, big year for the Celtics. So when my contract ended, I was done. Uh, I had to go find a new job after that. So it was my first year out of college, had to go find another sports marketing job. And what, where else was I going to go <laughs> at this point? I'd work for the Celtics. And I started looking at other colleges and universities in the Boston area. I grew up here, so this is where I wanted to stick and stay. And wasn't finding anything else in sports marketing, but I was finding other marketing-related jobs. So that's how I ended up at Harvard Business School, uh, working in a marketing and client service capacity there, but very quickly fell in love with higher education and started taking some classes, decided I wanted to do my master's in higher education. and. From there, I was really attracted to the career services mm-hmm. side of higher education and this connection between work and the rest of your life. I'm sorry, there was school and the rest of your life and work. School and work and the rest of your life, it's all intertwined, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> uh, that's where I really found my groove. And I ended up staying at Harvard Business School for a long time. I was there in career and professional development for over a decade loved my work there. Uh, And then there was another shift when my kids were born. And I realized that in many conversations that I was having with other parents on playgrounds, they would find out that I worked in career services and 
say, oh, hey, Becca, can we talk about that mm-hmm. <laughs> for a second? Mm-hmm. Uh, because I'm not sure I like my job anymore or my job's not really fitting my life anymore. And I have no idea what I should be thinking about doing next. So that was the next career pivot for me. It was thinking about how I could serve this particular audience this audience of Boston moms and Boston dads mm-hmm. uh, and helping them figure out the next stage of their career using my background as a career coach and just fellow life experience as a mom. Mm-hmm. Now, what kinds of career changes are moms specifically coming to you for and how do you help them make that kind of a shift? Yeah. So the two big words that I'm hearing from folks all the time is flexibility mm-hmm. and fulfillment. Yeah. And they might mm-hmm. use different words to, to mean fulfillment, but it really boils down to, I want to like my job. I want to feel good about going into work, but how do I make sure I do that in a way that fits my life needs right now? Mm-hmm. And maybe that is getting the kids off the school bus, or maybe that's being there for soccer practice or being able to go in and volunteer in your kid's classroom now and again. People are, especially after 2020, when a lot of folks were working from home, finding that there was just so much more opportunity, so much they were mi- felt like they were missing um, in their home life when they started, started to go back into the office. Mm-hmm. So part of it is remote work. Part of it is um, maybe some part-time work or flexible hours. Uh, folks who are thinking about maybe contract work, freelance work, entrepreneurship. There are so many different ways to think about work right now. And I think that's also just really amazing for so many moms and dads out there to to recognize Mm -hmm. that there's not just one way to be a working parent. We just need to figure out what are your specific career criteria and how can we best align a position with that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I think that's fantastic. And, And you're right. Like something I probably hear in my mom circles too. It's like, we need to work. We want to work. But we have our kids and yeah. like, you know, how, how do we juggle it all? Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask, and I think this is going to reach a lot of our audience, but for a mom who has taken a career break, maybe mm-hmm. stayed at home with her kids while they're little and they are wanting to reenter the workforce now that the kids are maybe school aged. Yeah. Where do they even begin? Yeah. Yep. I call it the big kindergarten transition, mm-hmm. right? It's because it happens yes. for so many people. That yeah. maybe maybe that being home with their kids worked out really well for a period of time, and then their kids are going into kindergarten, they're in full time school, and maybe things are just shifting from what their needs are at home. And even for parents who were working outside the home, and then their kids are going to kindergarten, things are changing there too, right? Like their schedule is shifting. So they're like, well, how do I think about what my next steps are? So specifically to your point, though, Shannon, about the parents who had taken some time outside of the paid workforce and are looking to re-enter. The way I like to think about it first is like, let's just figure out what you like now because mm-hmm. your life yeah. has changed and yeah. it doesn't have to be the exact same thing that you were doing before your kids were born. Yep. Your life has changed. Your needs have changed. Your goals might have changed. Your interests might have changed. So let's honor that and spend some time really thinking about where your new career sweet spot could be. And maybe it's related to what you were doing before, but maybe it's totally different and you can still make a change. It's not too late to be making a a career shift. I see it every single day with folks who are doing something different than they did before their kids are born. Mm -hmm. 
I love that. I like the, um, almost like the license that you give a person to think like that, because I feel like that's something I, I talk about a lot. I am not doing even remotely close to what I thought I was going to be doing at this stage in my career. I had a complete mm-hmm. 180 after children, like 100%. Um, but I had a lot of skills that I took to each different job that I had, though I'm not in the profession I thought I would be and all of those other previous things equipped me to be able to apply for jobs. Um, so I love that you give, license mm-hmm. to, yeah, you give license to people to say like, Hey, you don't have to, you know, just because you were doing X doesn't mean you have to do X when you're ready to return. You can find things yeah. that, you know, you can apply your experience from then. And then since then to something else. So I love that. Exactly. Exactly. So around the topic of stay-at-home moms coming back to work after a career break, what do employers think about a career gap in a resume? And how can parents best navigate that type of gap when applying for jobs? So many folks worry about the resume gap. If they are a parent returning to the paid workforce, they're really worried about how the employer is going to look at their resume, right? And are they going to see this big glaring gap and wonder what what I've been doing if I have the talents, experiences, skills to come back into this type of role? So if you're feeling that, you're not alone. But I want to tell you two really good things. One is that I have seen so many parents who are returning to the paid workforce land in excellent jobs that they love. So that's just good news right off the bat, that if you have a quote unquote resume gap, there is light at the end of that tunnel there. You can absolutely get back into the paid workforce. Not a problem there. Uh, The second piece of good news, and this is really closely related to that first one, is that I don't honestly believe that you do have a resume gap. And here's what I mean by this. When you have been out of the paid workforce, and I use that terminology very specifically here. You've been out of the paid workforce. That doesn't mean that you haven't been doing anything. You've been doing a lot of stuff. Uh, you've been doing the hard work of raising your family. You've also very likely have been volunteering, engaging with your community. Perhaps you've also taken on side projects that you're forgetting to give yourself credit for. I find that to be really, really common. People will say, oh, yeah, well, I've been out of the paid workforce. I've been a stay-at-home mom for the past seven years. Oh, right. But I did actually take on some contract work. I took on some projects on the side. Okay. So with all of this good stuff that you've been doing, both the, the caregiving role and your volunteer experience and your project work, contract work, maybe you helped out a friend with their small business, that kind of stuff can go on your resume too. Paid and unpaid work is is experience. So that can go on your resume. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do is to go and think about your target role. Let's say you're going looking to get into a role in the education sector and you've been volunteering at your kid's school for the past five years. Perfect. That target makes sense with the experience that you have. Put it on the resume. Let's say there's something completely different. Maybe you are looking to get into a a sales role and you've been out of the paid workforce in the corporate setting for for a while now, but maybe you did some help with your your friend's small business. You're doing some sales and marketing. Perhaps you were 
volunteering with a local organization and doing some marketing or trying to build partnerships with other nonprofits. These are skills that you're bringing to the table and that kind of stuff should be on your resume to tell your story. So remember these two good, good pieces of news here. You absolutely can get back into the paid workforce after some time away and you don't actually have a gap. Let's give you credit for all of the great stuff you've been doing over the past several years. Um, I'm wondering what kind of, I'm sure you are a wealth of knowledge around this, but I'm wondering in, um, I guess in shorthand, what kind of advice do you have around searching for a job? Um, and is there anything in particular uh, that moms or parents re-entering the workforce specifically or looking to make a change need to be doing? Mm-hmm. Oh, I could talk about this I, all sorry, day. Yeah. How long do you have? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the first thing, piece of advice I'm going to give folks, and it's going to sound maybe kind of strange, mm-hmm. but that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. The first thing I'm going to tell you as you're starting to look for a new job is to don't don't start with the job boards. Ah, don't okay. yeah, don't get sucked in. This is what I hear from people all the time that they are thinking about re-entering the paid workforce or they're thinking about a job change. So the very first thing they do is they go and they start to scroll on a job board mm-hmm. after they put their kids to bed. They're like, okay, well, I have some time. I'm going to watch TV and maybe scroll through a job board, see if anything pops up that maybe I'll I'll apply for. They either do that first or they go dust off their resume. Mm. They go to try to find it um, <laughs> on an old computer say, yeah, somewhere. Word doc somewhere, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they try to update it and they spend hours and they agonize over it. If you can avoid those two things, you're going to be in so much better shape in your job search. And here's what I want you all to do instead. Of doing that. Okay. Cause yeah, I'm like shocked. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Ooh, we're getting good here. Then. Yeah, um, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> because what I want everyone to think about doing is really starting with this idea of targeting your job search by figuring out what you actually want to do. Mm-hmm. Because okay. when you go into those job boards, what are you doing? You're probably searching for your the last job title or your current job, job title, just trying to find it somewhere else yeah. at a different company. Is that really what you actually want? Your time is limited um, in terms of you're taking care of kids, you're working, you're doing all kinds of stuff. So we want to make sure that we're using your job search time in the best way. So let's figure out what you actually want to do first. And the framework that I walk through with folks is to first uncover their career sweet spot. So figure out where that overlap is between the skills you actually want to use right now not all the skills you have, but the ones you actually want to use right now, uh, your interest areas or passions. Sometimes passions feels like a big word. So we break it down <laughs> into like things you like, mm-hmm. things you're interested yeah. in um, and your where you can potentially add value. Who's going to pay you to do those things mm-hmm. based on your experience? What kind of industries or companies, say, like stages, sizes? Um, what sort of experience do you have in other places that could be used elsewhere? Let's just get creative, figure out what some ideas are of that overlap. Let's start there. And then the second piece of it is to really outline your career criteria. What are you actually looking for right now in this next stage of your career? So that's going to think be thinking about your needs from a monetary perspective. What do you need from a salary? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you need from a flexibility perspective? Uh, but also, what are the who are the people you want to be spending time with? What are your motivators? Let's get that all ironed out first. Now we have two really important pieces of data 
that we can start to come up with ideas, some ideas about where you might want to go next. And now that we have that data, what are we going to do with it? We're going to start to explore those paths forward. That's the next stage of kind of exploring those new paths and not just by looking at job boards, but by talking with people. Let's take those ideas of things that you want to do and look for, build out a target list of companies Mm -hmm. where you you might want to learn more about. Talk to people who have taken a similar path or who have done jobs that are interesting that that you also want to do because around 80% of new jobs are found through networking and referrals. Um, so if we know that to be true, that's where we need to spend 80% of your time is figuring out what you want to do and then actually talking with people, having these important conversations. And then sure, we can get to your pitch. We can get to crafting your resume and how you're talking about yourself in interviews. But if we do those steps first, that part's going to be easy. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the quick and dirty on job search. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. Let me ask you too, do you help your clients build a resume. And you said something about like maybe even coaching to get ready for the interview. Is that all part of it? Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I go soup to nuts. Um, (laughs) So back from figuring out like what in the world do I even want to do to once we have a better idea of what that is. Yeah. Let's, let's do some personal, I call it personal branding Mm. work is really, it's your, what's your story? How do you want to talk about your skills and experiences and traits and what's the the highlight reel that goes along with that, that conveys to someone else that you're the person that they've been looking for uh, to help them solve problems. So that's the personal branding package. And that's um, what I do with, with coaching is kind of help you build up that package of your personal brand and then put it onto your resume, put it onto your LinkedIn. Uh, once we have that foundation, it gets so much easier to do all that stuff. Oh, for sure. I imagine that's so empowering too, because like, like your elevator pitch or, or your being able to speak to your why can help you to land a job. Like if you really believe that yeah. you are the best person for the job, it's going to be a lot easier to let, to make other, to convince other people that you're the best person for the job. So I love that oh thought work that goes yeah. on behind building this personal brand where a lot of people might be like, I don't have a brand. I'm just a person. Like I'm just a, you know, an employee, but that's not mm-hmm. true. Like you're going to be bringing this package of goods to your future employer you have to really believe that you're the best one for the job i love that that that's a part of what you offer Mm -hmm. Mm. because if you think about it right if someone were to be like i don't know i'm meh i'm okay you're not going to be excited (laughs) to to work with them like we just put yourself in the employer's shoes you need someone who's going to say here here's what i bring to the table here's how i can solve problems for you Make it about I want yeah, to be exactly. Here. Yeah, yeah, I want to be here. Yeah. yeah, there's like you mix the passions with the the skills and the um, the problem solving abilities that you bring and how you drive impact, and that's that's the package that's just going to make you feel good, mm-hmm. and it's going to make someone else on the other end of the table say, "Okay, clearly this person gets it, and I want to work with them." Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you mentioned LinkedIn. Oh, yeah. I do have a question about LinkedIn. Sure. Is it? Is it really worth the time to be on there? Like, do do jobs actually come from LinkedIn sometimes? Oh my goodness, yes, yes. Okay, I didn't know that. I just, <laughs> I, I don't know. I've never really. Yeah, no, it's such a good question. <laughs> I'm glad you asked. Um, LinkedIn is such a valuable tool, and I think about LinkedIn in. I'm probably a little bit more obsessed with LinkedIn than a normal human being should be, um, <laughs> because this is what I do. Um, but when you think about LinkedIn, what what is it good for? It's good for for company research. 
Mm-hmm. This is a whole like database of uh, companies yeah. that you can find that maybe you didn't even know existed. It's a prime networking tool. So once you have your list of companies that you're interested in, how are you going to find out who you should talk to? You go to LinkedIn mm-hmm. and you look for people who are working at that company. You're looking to make a pivot from one industry to another. And you're like, oh, I don't know. Does someone who has my specific degree from my college, have they ever even done that thing? Mm. You take three little clicks on LinkedIn and you probably you find 10 people who went to your university who have your degree who are doing this interesting thing mm-hmm. that you could easily reach out to. Yeah. And I've done this live with people and they're like, oh my gosh, there's people who have like my like my <laughs> my specific degree in like music production who are doing UX design now or something. Like it's it's wild, but it mm-hmm. totally happens. And it's in those conversations that's what leads to those jobs because mm-hmm. then sure LinkedIn has a job board, right? And you can apply for jobs on LinkedIn, but mm-hmm. I find that the most valuable way of using it is with networking. So you can build those relationships, be front of mind for opportunities. Because if we know these eight, that 80% number, 80% of jobs are found through networking and referrals. There's also a bunch of jobs that are never posted yeah. too, um, because people are just looking to hire, looking to solve a problem. So they look to the people that they know who can come solve a problem for them. You want to be one of the people that they know. And how do you do that? Right. You can use LinkedIn as a way to expand your network. Should I get off my LinkedIn soapbox now? Yeah. <laughs> no, I love it. I would welcome the sponsorship LinkedIn, but I'm going to talk about them freely because I think it's great. I, I want to follow yeah, up on this actually. No. So I talked with somebody today who said that she had just heard that Gen Z is leaving LinkedIn to use TikTok in their job searches. Hmm. And I, I, I about fell over. I was like, oh no, like I don't have that in me. Like I... I'm not on, I mean, I'm, we're on TikTok, like, because I feel like I have to be in, in this industry. Uh-huh. Um, but the thought is that Gen Z is looking at companies on TikTok to see sort of what their workplace mm-hmm. culture is like and what their social media is like to see what it would be like to work there. So it's now mm-hmm. becoming more important on the business side for businesses to have a presence on TikTok um, because that generation of people who are coming up are now looking there as their, as one of their search engines. Which I just think is yeah very interesting. Really yeah, interesting. it does. I don't, I don't mind that whatsoever. I think use the tools that you have, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, figure out like if you know what good company culture looks like to you. Yeah. How are you going to get those questions answered? That's what I always tell folks: is like map out what good company culture looks like to you, mm-hmm. because it's different to me, it's different to Shannon, it's different to Meg. Yeah. And we might have some overlap, but there's going to be a little bit of difference. And then once you know what that good culture looks like figure out what are the specific questions that you have to determine if that company has that culture or not and use whatever tools you have at your disposal mm-hmm. to figure that out. I like to go with right to the source and right talking with people, but if it's TikTok, if it's LinkedIn, if it's one of the other kind of online databases out there that can get you some good information, cool. Let's just make sure you get the information so that you can make a good informed decision for yourself. Mm-hmm. We talked earlier about um, parents that you talk to, they want to land a job that they love and enjoy, but they also want that flexibility piece. We want to be able to pick our kids up from school or run them to the doctor when they're sick. Is it really possible to have both? And what does that look like? Yeah. Yeah. And 
this is my, my favorite thing to tell people that yes, that is possible. And I work with folks every single day who end up in those types of jobs that are fulfilling to them, that are flexible to them. And they can look so many different ways. I think of myself as an entrepreneur. That's exactly what my life is like, Mm -hmm. Um, that I have a business that I love. I get my kids on the school bus. I get them off the school bus. I'm going to go volunteer at the the field trip. Um, Can basically organize my schedule the way that I want to. But it doesn't have to just be entrepreneurship either. It can be those contract types of roles that you take on projects that are really interesting to you. And then you, maybe you're not taking projects on over the summer um, when your kids are home. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had people do be working full-time for a company, but they're finding companies that really value asynchronous work that you don't need to be on for meetings from nine to five. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's like, yeah, you know what? Like, get your work done when you get it done. We do typically have like X or Y meetings throughout the week, but we're not packing your day full of meetings. Mm-hmm. It's, it's get the work done when you get it done and it doesn't really matter. So I think some people will think, okay, it only has to be entrepreneurship where you fully make your own schedule, but there are these other in between, I kind of like to call it like playing in the gray um, between uh, like full-time entrepreneur, full-time employee in the office. There's a lot of gray area in between. And it might be you finding that existing job, but it might also be you proposing that job mm-hmm. to a company. That's one of my favorite things to do too. I, I think I've said favorite thing maybe like 16 times <laughs> because I'm, uh, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> but I love when people can propose a role so they can help craft that role alongside the company. Mm-hmm. Once they figure out where some of the company's pain points are, and I can think of like three people who are doing this right now that I'm working with who are crafting their own job description and a company is like chomping at the bit for them to come and work for them and they can arrange their work schedule in a way that actually works for their life. Well, awesome. yeah, I mean, we can do this. Yeah, it's totally real. For sure. And I think having some confidence that what you bring to the table and doing that like personal branding thing, what you're bringing to the table is valuable, but also that the the person who is happy in their job is going to overperform or perform better than the mm-hmm. person who is not. So making some accommodations for somebody who is just excellent and has this, I don't know, like this magnetic personal brand that they know that they're going to be the best fit for you, for you or for their, for your company, I think is so, so huge. Um, totally. I'm wondering if we could sort of warn listeners uh, against some possible mistakes. So there are some mistakes that you see happen that you want to warn against our listeners who are looking for a new job? Like what, what mm-hmm. are they doing yep. wrong? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I gave you two earlier. Let's, let's go back to those mm-hmm. ones. One is spending all of your time scrolling those job boards. It's not the best use of your time. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing that right now, as you're listening to a podcast, um, <laughs> stop, please. Um, <laughs> unless you are super targeted in your search, please stop. Um, the next piece of it is just going to your resume and trying to dust it off. Another big thing I see with resumes is folks are just putting in their job responsibilities. Mm. And that's not what a resume is. A resume is, is your marketing mm-hmm. material. It's how you are showcasing to your potential employers how you can drive impact. So that's what your resume should really be about. It's more about your accomplishments mm-hmm. and the results that you've driven rather than your responsibilities. So that's a biggie. Um, and then I think the last one, I'm going to go on a kind of a different tangent here, but is around not asking for help. Mm. 
I think a lot of folks think that they have to go with their job search totally alone. And they kind of have a bit of like guilt and shame around it too. If they are like, like I should know how to do this on my own. So I'm just going to try to like figure it out. And the reason I think that's a mistake is that we, again, we know that networking is a really important factor for folks. So asking people in your existing network for help, reaching out to friends and family, letting them know what you're looking for specifically so they can make introductions. That's where the magic happens. And if you're really feeling stuck, this is not me plugging career coaching, but as much as I enjoy career coaching, like, um, but that's another, that's another avenue for you too. If you don't have, if you're feeling like you are stuck in your job search and you don't really know where to go next, whether you're asking for help from a, a friend, from a trusted colleague or from a coach, let's just get you unstuck so that you're not just spinning your and spinning your wheels in mud here and thinking that you're doing more and going faster, but you're just going deeper and deeper into your stuck spiral. Um, just find the right tools to get you out of the mud. And oftentimes that's somebody else. Yeah. Well, and if that is you <laughs> for one of our listeners, <laughs> how can listeners best get in touch with you for more information? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been so fun. Like just to like, way. I'm just going to put it out yeah. there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's been so fun to talk with you all. Just like I'm hoping that even from listening to this podcast, folks are getting some some good nuggets of things that they can do next. Um, if you are eager to dive into this even further and you like hearing the sound of my voice, it's not annoying to you, um, then <laughs> come over to my website. It's BeccaCarnahan.com. There's a link to a free training on there too, where I break down this framework in more detail. Um, that's kind of that uncover your career speed spot, career criteria, um, the exploring new paths and the pitching yourself. I walk through that in much more detail. So if you want to dive in further, just come over to beccacarnahan.com. That's where you can find me. You can, we can talk some more. You can also schedule a consultation there too. There's another little link. Um, if you want to just hop on a call and chat live, we can do that too. Love it. I, I think we should sort of like lift the veil a little bit. You don't know what you don't know. So using a coach to help you with this kind of thing, I think is there is absolutely no shame in doing so. We highly encourage you seek Becca and her services out. Um, Thank you so much for coming on the show, Becca, and for sharing this helpful advice with us. I know that we could talk for hours and hours and hours and use your expertise here. Uh, Listeners, you can find all of Becca's contact information in the show notes for the show on bostonmoms.com. Becca, we always end every single show of the Wicked Good Mom cast with the same question for our guests. And that is, Mm. what are you loving about raising a family in greater Boston right now? I grew up around here, so it's like hard to imagine any place else being home. (laughs) Right. Um, So there's so much to love about Boston, but I just I I love seeing my kids really, truly appreciate every single season Mm. that New England has to offer. So the, this past winter, they learned to ski at Neshoba Valley. So if anyone's been like yeah. to like Neshoba Valley ski area, um, <laughs> so they learned to ski over there. We're looking forward to the, the summertime. There's a bunch of lakes around us. Like we live in like in central Massachusetts. So we're at the apple, we can like see like six apple orchards from our house, it That's seems. Um, right. So there's just so much um, that I get to like relive my own childhood through their eyes as they're experiencing all the seasons. Oh, that's the best. I love that. 
Well, thank you again, Becca. This has been very informative and I know invaluable for so many of our listeners. Thank you so much. And listeners, thank you as always for tuning in. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. And if you wouldn't mind leaving us a quick review, this takes 30 seconds and it helps us so much. Thank you for listening. And remember, you are a wicked good mom. Boston Moms is grateful to this season's Wicked Good Momcast sponsor, Rockland Trust, a bank helping individuals and their families develop a healthy relationship with money at any age. Visit rocklandtrust.com or stop by a local branch to learn more.